Welcome to Behind the Membership Season 3, Episode 4. In this episode, I'm talking with Chris Mart from the Content Marketing Academy, also known as CMA. Chris launched his membership in 2015 after running a six-month in-person masterclass, and it's now a major focus of his business. Here, we're talking about the importance of customer experience and community culture, using free in-person workshops as a way to attract new members, and how Chris has recently launched a very low-cost price tier to help those who can't afford his membership fee yet. We also talk marketing challenges, how Chris is successfully using Slack for his members community and how the membership has enabled Chris to create the lifestyle that he wants as he's undergone the transition to being a father of four and family man. Chris has some great insights to share with us, so let's dive in. Welcome to Behind the Membership with Callie Willows. Real people, real stories, real memberships. On today's show, I'm joined by Chris Ma from the Content Marketing Academy. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today, Chris. Thanks for having me on, Cal. It's nice to be here. Thank you. It's great to have you. I'm really looking forward to actually talking to you a little bit more about CMA. So first things first, could you actually tell us a little bit about the membership? Who's it for? What do you offer? Yeah, the membership site is uh, it's a B2B membership site. So we work with entrepreneurs, business owners, and in-house marketers. And we're teaching, and generally speaking, we're teaching the ways of content marketing uh, to help grow businesses. So we work with a whole range of different businesses, different sizes, startups, right up to businesses that have been going for many, many years. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a pretty a serious marketing, content marketing and sales and business growth is the content. Awesome. And so how long have you had the membership for now? Yeah, um, we the membership started as a move from a six-monthly in-person event that we used to run uh, in two different locations. And then once that wrapped up, we moved it into an online coaching program. So that was in 2015, the end of 2015. Awesome. So four years now then. Yeah, it's getting on to, it's, we're somewhere between year three and four on the membership site, yeah. Yeah, I think 2015 was obviously a good year for memberships because that's when we launched as well. Yeah. <laughs> and so you mentioned that you were doing kind of the, the live event initially. So what mm. actually made you decide to transition that into a membership? Yeah, we had, so we had, um, I was running like two, like six months, it was like six months master classes you could call them not masterminds where it was, it was teaching i was teaching content marketing in these classes i had one in one location one in another and then as they started to wrap up i was like well what are we going to do with like how are we going to provide an ongoing service for these group this group of people there was about 20 or 25 people at the time so what i decided to do was just pull it into like an online kind of like forum that kind of morphed from a Facebook group into like a more private community where I was kind of providing content and teaching it kind of was very, very organic. The whole thing was very organic. I knew that I've known for a long time that I wanted to have a membership site from before I even started my business back in 2012. That was like one of the first business models that I built. And it was just this step-by-step process from going from workshops and in-person events and then into, into the, into the membership site. So it was kind of a very, I don't know, a very organic process, but I think I always knew where I wanted to get to. Awesome. And the membership's open for people to join any time, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. It's an open membership. That's correct. Great. And so do you also offer any other services or products as well, or is the membership a full-time business for you? It takes up 
pretty much all of our time, but we do. So the membership is like a major focus for us. And but I also do consulting and speaking and we also do workshops as well. Awesome. So a few other things there as well. Yeah. And so final practical question then, how much is the membership? Yeah, we've got two, we've got like two prices. You can join at £49 a month or I think it's like £468 a year or something like that. And that's for all established businesses. So we, we, we realized that there's a big part of the marketplace that we're working with in our workshops that may not have the cash flow or the budget to actually join CMA as much as they wanted to learn and develop their businesses. They just couldn't make it work. So we introduced a starting price as well, which is actually £4.99 a month or £49 a year for the first 12 months. So that allows people that, may, that don't have the budget or they haven't like fully established their business yet or haven't even got their first customer yet, they can actually join us still and learn about content marketing. So we've got those two two prices. That's really interesting. So what made you decide to actually take that approach of offering that that really low cost here as well? Well, we know that so people can have the, the desire, the motivation or the passion to want to learn about content marketing at any time in their business, right? So it doesn't really matter if they were a well-established business or if they were a startup. And what we what we realized was we weren't we were just weren't making ourselves as accessible to all the right people. So the right people for us is in the main and in a sort of like a priority uh, or hierarchy is like we first of all want to get people that want to learn right they're committed to growth and learning and want to see results in their business first and then after that it's like do they have the money are they you know to commit to that um so what we what we realized was there was a lot of people that were been working with at our workshops because one of our one of our sources of leads is a free workshop that we run four times a year so at those workshops, there's often startups or people that are like pre-revenue or pre-profit. So they don't have a lot of money. They don't have a lot of budget to put into this sort of thing. So what we did was we opened up a, a new pricing a, a new pricing tier that was specifically for people that, were, that had revenue under £10,000, an annual revenue of under £10,000, just because, I mean, we didn't really know that it was going to work until we did it and then it's worked you know loads of people are taking advantage of it now which is great for any membership to have new blood coming in and new members coming in and a new audience to teach and all the rest of it so it's been great cool and so did you have any kickback from existing members when you bought in that um not that i know of uh, some people commented on it but in, in the main it didn't really affect didn't really affect any of our current members I don't think I think I've had one person that sort of said you know in fact you know what there was two people Callie that said I think I need to move on to this other starting tier and to be honest with you it was the different if you think about it from a transparent perspective it's like it, if you if you're not making any money and you don't have the revenue and um, you've got two choices you're either going to leave CMA or you can still pay us five pounds a month. So in my mind, it's like, I would rather keep the customer than have them leave entirely. So there was a, there was a couple of people that commented on it and asked if they could move, but nobody really sort of kicked back on it as such. Um, I think everybody saw, we did a bit, bit of content around it and explained to the members why we were doing it and why we felt it was important. And, and most of the people that commented were saying, we totally get it. We understand why you would do this. And if I was, you know, a couple of years ago, if you had done this for me, then I, I would have absolutely uh, taken advantage of it. I think that's great. And I think, you know, the fact that you were transparent with members about what you were doing and why, 
uh, probably, you know, was a big part, as you say, of, of why you didn't have any issues with, with members when you bought in that lower price. Yeah. And am I right in, did you say that that's just for the first year as well? So after that, do they go yeah. to the, the full membership price? Yes, yeah, so there's a little bit of responsibility on us as teachers to... You know that we're saying basically, if you're not really, if you're not going to get up to that point where revenue is going to be at the point where we feel like you can afford the normal tier pricing tier, then perhaps we've done. You know, you haven't got the value from CMA, and we're saying it's our responsibility too to make make to help you to get to that level. So yeah, after twelve months to go, then they they would they would go onto the the normal pricing tier. I think that's actually quite a good way of kind of highlighting that that responsibility as well for the member to actually take action to improve their position, improve their income and things so that they can not only afford to to stay on the higher tier, but also want to because they've already had those results and know what yeah. what can be possible when they actually work at this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe we can have a conversation in a year's time and I could uh, I could explain a little bit if there's any conversion from the starting pricing tier to the normal one. I have no idea what's going to happen. It's only been, we've only been doing this for a month. It's working in terms of getting new members in and those people that were, that couldn't buy from us are now buying from us. And I'll be able to let you know in a year's time if it's, uh, if people are moving on to the, onto that level of pricing. Awesome. I will check back in with you then. Yeah. Um, so you've been running the CMA for a few years now. What's been your biggest challenge over that time? You know, the challenge is, there's been so many challenges, Callie, with membership running a membership site. I think the biggest one is finding something, a, a marketing strategy that can consistently generate new customers. So, We've been in, we've been running the membership properly for like three three and a half years now, and I'm 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 the kind of person that sticks to something once I find it. Um, I know a lot of people are the people the type of people who try something and like within a couple of weeks they're like oh it doesn't work I'm going to try something else oh, it doesn't work I'm going to try something else. But I'm the kind of person that will like pick something and go we'll do it for a year and see what happens. So but in that time I've really struggled. Like the biggest challenge is finding a marketing strategy and a sales strategy that really drives in a consistent and predictable in some regard. I know it's very difficult to control everything, but just finding something that works basically and having a lot of patience for it to work as well. I mean, the membership site is no, in my mind, no different from any other business in the world, really. It's about finding the thing that works. But for, you know, there's just so much and people listening to this will get that, right? As a membership site owner, you know, there's just so many tactics and strategies and gurus and blueprints and all of that stuff, Callie, like to help you do this. It's so distracting trying to find something. So I find that to be, for me, the biggest, the single biggest challenge is being able to, is being able to take a strategy, build that strategy, implement that strategy, stick to that strategy, have the patience to see if it works or not, and then be able to change that when it doesn't and not and not be distracted with all the other things in the meantime huge challenge yeah i think that not getting distracted as well as especially a challenge we'll all be familiar with mm -hmm. so i'd love to know actually you mentioned there that you've tried different strategies and things like that mm -hmm. what are a, a few of the, the different things that you have actually tried 
Yeah, we tried the closed a closed door membership for a while, for about a year, where we had a, a waiting list, and then we would open the doors when a place came available. And I never, we did that for about a year and a bit or something like that, and it just it just didn't work uh, for us at all. Um, and I'm not entirely sure why. We could probably do a whole episode just on that um, and what we learned from it, but um, that didn't work. Um, and then, and then we moved it over to an open and that's, and that's just been like night and day. It's like completely, it's just transformed everything really, to be honest. So I think, you know, we, like I said, part of this whole journey was you're trying to figure out what works and, uh, you've got to try different things sometimes to make that work. And you've got to be prepared that the things you're trying just might not work out the way you want them to and be comfortable with that and accept that and have the patience to, to kind of move on and try something new. Yeah, definitely. And so if that's been the challenge then, what's been your actual highlight or the favorite thing about having CMA and the Content Marketing Academy? Oh, there's so many good things about having a membership site. Um, the, the favorite highlight, oh, I think being able, as a, as a marketer, being able to work with people all over the world is something I say would, is a highlight. Because it's a membership site, you've, you really have got the reach up, like the global reach, um, instead of it just being sort of like, you know, if I was, a, if I was still a marketing consultant and that's all that I did, then my clients would probably all be in my local area, typically. So I think that's been one of the major highlights. And the other highlight I would say is being having a business that you can sort of play with has been interesting too. So it's been good to just being able to try different things and experiment with different things and move fast has been great as well. So it's just, there's loads of reasons why I like loads of highlights with the membership site, but I'd say ultimately Callie, it's been able to, I don't know, been able to work with good people all over the world. Awesome. I love that. And so changing gears a little bit now, we already touched on this a little bit when you talked about the challenges, but what yeah. are you finding is working well for you at the minute when it comes to attracting new members? Yeah, so we don't do any advertising for our membership, like no paid ads. Um, it's all through content marketing and the, the, essentially what we teach. We sort of practice what we preach, I guess, which is good. Um, I would say that the one thing that truly has changed for us in terms of how we get customers is having like just ultimate consistency in our marketing. Um, I've seen the days where we've been inconsistent. I've seen the days where we're consistent and getting and making sure that not just that we're turning up consistently at the same time, but also that our brand is consistent across all platforms as well. That's been like, like absolutely key to getting new customers. The way that we're basically essentially the way that we're showing up um, on all the social platforms with our content and our brand, that whole consistency, Callie, has been a game changer. Yeah, I think consistency is is king there, as you say, and especially across all the different channels that you're using. And so I actually wanted to touch on something that you mentioned earlier, which is that you also do some in-person workshops, did you say, that you kind of use to feed into the membership? Yes. So this is something that we're working on at the moment. So for the last, ever since I started my business, I think the first thing that I actually sold in my business in 2012 was a workshop. So we've been doing workshops for a long time, uh, even back to when I was in my old job, 
I worked there for 10 years. I, the first thing I did was a workshop when I was 19 years old, just sort of chucked in at the deep end. So these have been a thing. I've just never been able to shake this off. So something that we're trying just now is a sort of a, a strategy and a set of tactics around this is that we're running four workshops throughout the year that are free to attend. Now, one of the, one of the challenges that we have, Callie, with uh, what we do is that people just don't know what it is. Right, so when we say content marketing, it could mean many things to many people. So what we were hoping to do there was attract people to our workshop that would come for free, and even if they didn't join CMA, they would at least walk away knowing what it is that we do and why we do it. And there's a sort of story to be told there. Um, one of the biggest challenges, obviously, is that if you run a free workshop, will anybody actually come? So we've nailed that. So it's good we're getting 30, 40 people coming to our workshops now, which awesome. is amazing for a free workshop. And our challenge is now to convert at least 30% of them into members. And again, and, and what we're finding is we're just, at the start of the year, when we we're planning this year, so at the end of last, at the end of 2018, we had the four dates in the diary. And I said, let's be realistic here. Let's aim to have 20 people in our first workshop, but somewhere between 60 and 70 in our last workshop in the year. And let's aim to have 30% conversion by the end of the year. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't like we want 30% conversion in our first workshop. It was just like, let's work towards that goal. And it looks as though we're, you know, we're going to be uh, hitting our targets and our goals. So yeah, the, the free workshop obviously costs us money, but if you think about it, it's just the same as putting money into any sort of marketing or advertising activity. So let's say it costs 500 pounds for me to work, to run the workshop. That's 500 pounds. It's 30 leads, you know, uh, and it's up to us now. It's up to us to sort of convert those leads into sales. So that's one of the things we're doing. I know it's, it's kind of like, I don't know if um, anybody, if other people do this in their membership site, a lot of people do online marketing and advertising but we've decided to do it this way but it's something i'm really passionate about Callie, is the teaching element i think that when people come to our workshop they join us it's a really strong qualified customer you know like they've seen me they've met me they've learned from me and they understand exactly what we're doing so i feel like it's a a big part of the that trust that's needed is just dealt with in that two or three hours at that workshop yeah, it's a really interesting approach. And I guess, are, are you deliberately kind of narrowing things down, looking for more local members to the membership? Or are you just mm. trying the more local approach and seeing seeing how that goes? Well, like, I'm sure we'll talk about it later on, but I have a, I have a family. Um, so the idea is to try and contain the business a little bit in terms of where we're reaching out to. So we have members across the UK and across the world in CMA. But I've got to kind of really think about, well, what am I capable of? How much time do I have? What are my constraints? And if I want to run workshops, then I'm going to have to do them. I can't, we would love to do them all over the UK if we, if we could, but the resource just isn't there for that. So we're doing, essentially doing what we can with what we have, where we are. And um, part of that was doing it in Dundee. But yes, you're right, Callie. A big part of that was, look, how well known are we in Dundee or in and around Dundee? So let's include Dundee, Fife, Edinburgh, Aberdeen, right? That sort of central area. How well known are we in those areas? Well, not very. So, you know, part of this part of the sort of strategy is, well, what if we just become really well known in this area first and then we can grow out of that area as we as it sort of happens? And that sort of makes sense to me to do that. So yes, there's a part of the strategy is about becoming much more known locally as well. Awesome. And so 
if that's how you're sort of working to get new members, what are you actually doing to encourage engagement and retention and keep those new members around for longer? Yeah, uh, loads, everything. <laughs> this is the one thing about running a membership site, right? You don't, uh, I think there is a little bit of a myth around this whole, you know, subscription business and uh, there's a lot of work to be done. I, it blows my mind how small my business is, right? Yet how much work there needs to be done. It's just, it's, it's incredible. Um, but we do so much to I mean to sort of keep our members engaged and retain them, essentially. Um, we took a leaf out of Joey Coleman's book, which is um, Never, Lose a, Never Lose a Customer Again. He has a course called First 100 Days. Yeah. And it's how to engage your new customers. Essentially, what he says is if you don't, you don't have a customer until they've been with you for 100 days. So I thought, well, that's a great little... Let's just map out what 100 days looks like in our membership. So when someone joins, we send them a membership pack in the mail with a notebook and a pen and a bookmark and a badge and a sticker and our manifesto and a welcome letter from us. Everyone gets that, whether they pay £5 or £50 or £500. And then we, we've, we've got video, we've got a start here track, we've got the whole onboarding thing. I would say we've got the onboarding part pretty much nailed, and especially in their first 14 days. They have a lot. They have a one-to-one call with me when they join. Um, we have calls at six months and a year. We're doing weekly, <laughs> weekly Q and A's, weekly calls, uh, monthly calls, live training, course content. We're engaging them in all the different ways: audio, video, written. We've got our forums, so we're really active. We're on it. We've just private coaching as well. With loads of stuff, Callie. Just everything. We're doing it. We're doing everything that we can to keep our members engaged and um yeah i think that's i don't know how much you want from me on that but that's you know we're doing doing essentially trying to touch all the platforms and do it in a planned way as well we're not like i think over the years i think we started off and it was like very sort of scattergun let's just do as much as we can but now it's all very formalized and planned out like nick has been working me working with me full time now for a year and she's got it like dialed in basically across the whole year when our live chains are going to be, when our calls are going to be, all of that stuff. So one thing I feel is that there's like if any member, nobody should ever feel like they never saw me this week, if that makes sense. Yeah. But there's always a, there's always a reason or an excuse or a way that they could join me on a video call this week. Um, and it's up to them, obviously, if they want to join. Not everybody does, but there's we're turning up, and I think that's the main thing. So, are those weekly calls that you're doing? Are they Q and A calls? Are they just general kind of check-in calls? How does that work? Yeah, the weekly ones are like a weekly roundup. So, um, we know that it's busy in forums. We know that a lot of people aren't forum type people. So, what we turn up and do is we have like a Nick and I prepare a. I don't know, like a, a, a message, a passage, or just something that we want to say about the state of play just now in content marketing or whatever. And then we do a bit of a roundup, you know, what content we've been looking at inside the membership, who's doing really well. We'll also do um, like a, a sort of summary of like the top conversations that are happening in our forum and stuff like that too. And just generally, it's kind of like having your weekly team meeting essentially. And then we send that out as a replay. We also send out a document and an email as well every single week so that people that aren't, you know what it's like, people dipping in and out across the year, they go quiet sometimes. Sometimes they're more involved and more engaged. But at least they've always got a, a weekly roundup that they can go in and dip into if they want to see what's been happening in CMA. 
Yeah, I'm a big fan of, of weekly roundups. And so do you actually still use Slack for your community? Yep, we do. Yeah, we still use Slack. So what was the deciding factor for you to actually use Slack rather than a Facebook group or a forum or something like that? We did have a Facebook group, but honestly, it just was not, it wasn't working. There was like zero engagement. And I was like, uh, there was a, some, there were some assumptions around why that might have been, but it was, it, it, I think it just, it was a case of just like, well, let's try something different. We moved over to Slack and all of a sudden everyone was engaging. So I don't know why, or, you know, like you can make some assumptions about that, but it worked from the very start. And I'm, I am, I'm not, I know it's not a very good idea to judge base your business decisions on your own personal preferences, but I'm just not a forum person myself. Um, I dip in and out of forums as and when I need something. Um, so Slack ticked a box in terms of it was it can be a resource. It can you can keep resources in there, but you can also have the conversational thread, which is really what. Like, for example, a Facebook group is really good for that. For example, like having those conversations, those chats. And Slack does that really well too. So there's been times over the years, Callie, where I've like, oh, should we move to something else? Should we move to a different platform, another forum perhaps? And I've never had, I've never been compelled so far to move to like, to do it. But it sometimes floats in and out of my mind whether we should do it or not. But I never ever come to the point where I feel like I've got a sort of like a definitive business case for moving. And have you found that members actually get on board with Slack quite easily? Yes and no. I would say it's half and half. Some people really struggle with it. But again, my assumption is looking at the struggles they're having, I think they would struggle with any digital any digital platform they were going into. I mean, how... how, uh, how, how uh, Slack is so easy to use. It's just like using like a messenger app. Um, so I do feel that the challenges that people have coming into Slack would probably be no different if they were coming into any digital platform. Like, so the skills that they're, the reason that they're struggling is not because it's Slack. It's because it's new and it's a new platform for them. So um, it's a difficult one to, to kind of, figure out I think sometimes um, some people and you'll experience this as well and I'm sure a lot of people listening will experience this too is that some people just aren't willing to do something new right so they'll come and be like I don't like slack and I'm like well it's really you know how how sim- you know how much is your responsibility as a membership site owner to make it easy right we make it as easy as we possibly can we've got all the tutorial videos all the onboarding stuff there and we help them as much as we can but if you're not willing to if you're not willing to to sort of try it then you can only do so much to motivate people, can't you? Yeah, I think you're never going to find a solution that pleases everybody, or at least if you do, then <laughs> I would love to know about it. Because, yeah, um, yeah it, it's one of those things. But I always, um, I've always found it interesting that you use Slack because it is one of those where it can go one of two ways with a community. And a lot of the time they work well for kind of people who are in an industry where you're using Slack in your day-to-day work, but you're one of the kind of only people I've seen use Slack really well for your community in a in a business that isn't in that kind of industry where people are using it anyway. So I always kind of hold you up as an example of somebody using the Slack platform for a community yeah. as a as a great option. Yeah, it's good. It, it works. I mean it's like any any platform you've got to, you know, it has its flaws. 
but the great I find that Slack just it continues to improve all the time. We are continuing to. I mean, even just recently, we did a survey with our audience. We do a we do a an, an anonymous survey every three months with our members, so they can just say whatever they want without it coming back to them, and it just keeps things transparent. I guess it's just like tell us what what the problems are, what you're frustrated with, or how we can help your business more. And we're still learning to this day. This is like I think we've been using Slack for like like the whole time the membership's been around and we're still learning how to be better at it like how to use it as a as a better communication tool with our members so there's always learning to be done um but you're right i, th- I don't think i've never really bumped, met anybody that i think i've met some people that have tried to use slack with their membership but it never worked and i've always been curious about why it worked for us and it doesn't work for other people and i've never really figured it out yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting to see how it's working for you. But I think it kind of comes back a little bit to something you said before, where you said that you knew you shouldn't base it on your preference. But mm. I actually think with something like your community, yes, you do need to factor in what your members will use and be happy with. But if you as the membership site owner aren't happy with the platform that you're using for your community, you're not going to show up. And, you know, therefore your members aren't either. So the fact that kind of you personally like and enjoy Slack and it makes sense to you and it works for you, that's probably a large part of of why it's working well for your community as well, as opposed to if you tried to shoehorn yourself into a forum, which, which doesn't work for you. Yeah, that makes sense. So let's talk about life as a membership site owner now. How does the membership actually fit into your life and business? Uh, like a glove, Callie. Uh, it's been um, it's been amazing, and like I said, I've always wanted to start a membership site from the from the very like when I was just playing with business models way back when I was even when I was at university. I was just like playing with them and thinking, oh, that'd be really good to have this subscription based model, all the rest of it, and I really got. Uh, um, I don't know, attached to this idea of having a subscription-based business of some sort. And I think even going forward, if I'd create any other, or develop any other business ideas, it'll be similar in some respects. And um, the lifestyle thing is really interesting because I've moved from being an, like a, a business owner with no attachments, right? Living on my own in my own two-bedroom flat and had an office and all the rest of it to very quickly going to having a uh, a boy and he's three years old now Spencer and separating from my wife finding my new partner and having another baby and living as a stepdad so we've got four kids now and moving and even moving city as well so in the space of like starting a membership and today it's been like this huge shift so there has never been a more important point in my life to have a business that I have as much control as you could possibly get from your business right you can't control everything but i feel like with a membership site the lifestyle choices that you make are much more within your control than they would be otherwise does that make sense yeah perfect so like i'm i'm i work full-time from home now i've embraced that this is my life i don't even want an off like i'm not even interested in having office space or anything like that i want a small team i want to work virtually i want to be able to in fact, after this call, I want to be able to hang up the call and I want to walk at my office and I want to go and play bricks with my baby daughter, Luna. And then I want to have my dinner and then I want to forget about work until tomorrow morning. In fact, tomorrow, Kelly, I've got a whole day off. Every Wednesday, I take day, uh, Wednesday off for daddy day. And I don't work the weekends. My laptop gets shut on a Friday. I don't know until Monday. Like I can't, I could go on and on. Like the, the, the way that the membership has been designed has been designed, first of all, about what life 
what my business and my working and my personal life looks like first, and then the work fits in with that, not the other way around. Um, and I would say that that is ultimately the honestly the key to, to running your own business, generally speaking, but a membership site makes it far more possible, I think, to do that. So lifestyle has been a big factor in how I've designed what we do. Like, so for example, Callie, we don't do any, we used to do trainings in the evenings, like so eight o'clock at night, we'd do a webinar or whatever. We don't do any evening work anymore. It's all during the day. It's just, it's just changed. They've been able to have that choice has changed my personal life dramatically. So I guess that's a tight, um, well, kind of answered my next question, which was going to be what's the overall impact that you think having the membership has had? And it sounds pretty much that it's kind of just enabled you to have that that freedom and that lifestyle that fits with your family and, and what you want to do. Absolutely. And I mean, we're not at the point yet where it's, we're, we're driving in, we're not getting the revenue and the profit level that we really, really want yet, but certainly getting there. And the, the closer it gets to that point, the more freedom and choice we have. So, and we don't have a huge membership, uh, Cali. It's not like, we've not got thousands. We've got more like hundreds of members rather than thousands. It's not huge, but it's, it doesn't need to be massive. You know, I would rather have the freedom and the choice rather than have to be a slave to my business, if that makes sense. I'm not, you know, I had a job for 10 years. I don't want another job. You know, I want choices and I want freedom and I want, and that's a luxury. I get that but it's totally possible to have it. So that's what we're, that's what we're kind of working towards. Yeah, that sounds great. And so do you actually have a team that's helping you or is it all you at the moment? Yeah, there's a team. There's, I work obviously the, the sort of three or four days a week in the business. The membership's a big part of that. So it probably takes up about 60 or 70% of my time. Nick works full-time in the business and her job is to do, do the marketing for CMA and also be a sort of customer service um, and look after our membership and all that, and our members and all that kind of stuff as well. So she does all the onboarding. She sends out all the packs. She does all the marketing. So she's the marketing exec and Cara's the financial director. So um, we've got the three of us basically running it. Cara also teaches as well. And she's also heavily involved in the forum too. And so there's three team members in CMA and um, Cara's part-time. And then we use a couple of, ex- like everybody, you know, we've got our own external suppliers as well that we use for branding and website design and video marketing and all that kind of stuff too. So again, this piece together over years, I, I started with just me for a long time. It was just me, but over, over, over the years of just, again, back to this lifestyle choice, need to have the right people around me in order to, to make this an actual business and to have an actual life as well. Awesome. And so wrapping up then, is there anything else that you wish you'd known earlier or you'd do differently if you were starting again, do you think? You know, I, th- I thought about this before we got on the call and it was a really difficult question because I feel like I didn't know what I know now, obviously, three three or four years ago. And we started off with this process where we had 20 or 25 people who were sitting there wanting to do something else with me, but I couldn't figure out what it was. So we put them on a subscription and into a forum and Slack. And then we started to build out the content. And then we made a little bit of money and we invested in our brand. And the brand then took shape, you know, that took shape. And then employees, I'd have to say, like, it's hard for me to think what I would have done differently because everything's been so organic, Callie, that it's been part of the journey has been a part of the experience and the learning has been to do, to do this over the last three years. If anything, 
I think the amount of work that's involved in a membership site, I think, is something that is not talked about enough. So if anything, I would like to have gone in with my eyes a bit more open in terms of how much work it was going to take to really focus on the membership. So not knowing that, Callie, meant that I did other a lot of other things, like we did live of more live events, we did more consulting, I was doing more speaking. And ultimately, I think that slowed my progress with the membership. And having knowing what I know now, I think I would like to have said no to a lot of things back then and instead focused on building the membership. Because, and it, like I said, I think that it takes a lot more work than people really Lies. Yeah. Um, and for about a year and a half, for about a year and a half, I did no consulting at all, just to focus on the membership. Um, and that was, it was needed. Um, I can't, I can't explain it any other way than that, that it's just much far more demanding than you think it's going to be. Yeah, definitely. And so do you have any tips for somebody that is thinking about starting a membership site? Well, listen to your podcast would be be one thing, you know, just like, like I said, I, there was, this podcast did not exist back then. I don't even think you guys, the membership guys had a podcast back when I was starting out. I think I was kind of like, uh, sort of a sparkle in my eyes and thinking, Oh, right. Uh, loads of like, you know, thousands of members all paying me a small amount of money per month. It's going to be easy. Uh, it's just, God, get your you know, just need to get your things to like everything together, planning, strategy, business model, pricing, you know, exactly what your unique offer is going to be. Like, I, I think if I was to teach someone or help someone uh, that was starting a membership site today, I think there's a lot of learning that I've done over the last three or four years that you could do in a very short space of time um, that would put you in a far better place to be successful quicker. Um, so I think listening to your podcast, get into the membership, the membership guys, membership, learn, listen to the stories, learn from other people's mistakes, um, and then and and just get stuck in, like do the work. It's a lot of work that needs to be done and it's not going to be, you know, you're not going to launch your membership site and then just be like, right, I'm done. And then just watch the members flood in. It's like, it just doesn't work like that. So like get, get your ideas straight get like really understand what you're getting yourself into here and just, you know, get prepared for that road, that journey. Perfect advice there. And so finally, I'd love to know what's next for you. What are your goals for the membership? You know, one of the big things we've been working on um, at the moment is trying to find that, like I said at the start, that sort of challenge that we're having about generating more predictable, consistent leads. And that's starting, that's, I would say this this year and next year is going to be figuring figuring that out more, like getting closer to an answer to that question. And um, the other thing that we're concentrating on a lot at the moment is the customer service or customer experience element of CMA. So we recently decided to stop doing our big annual event, which is where essentially where all our members would meet once a year. And I think it will, based on feedback that we got, people were saying, I thought what would happen is that CMA would kind of lose its magic. But actually, it feels like you've got a spring in your step now. And what we're really focusing on, Callie, is trying to build a customer experience around CMA that kind of goes beyond just like an online product. So we're looking at 
you know, just we're just looking at everything to make that experience for our members, regardless of how long they've been around a special experience, that doesn't necessarily mean that they have to be an, an in-person event, which is, which is the ultimate. Like having an in-person event where your members can, can come to is so, so powerful. But how do we do that without it? That's the challenge now for us is to figure out how to do that. So like I, I highlighted some of that earlier, but we've got gifts that we send, birthday cards, water, you know, branded water bottles, the, the welcome packs, t-shirts, you know, stuff like that just to make them feel part of our culture. Um, we, we designed a manifesto and sometimes, and just the other day, actually, someone shared a picture with me in the background. It's all our, our manifesto and our posters are on the, on the, on their wall behind them, you know, and they've got our stuff on their desk and things like that. So that's kind of what we're, I'd say that's the biggest thing that we're working on is making CMA a, a bigger part of people's lives at their work or in their business. Um, and I think going forward, that's the, that's the one thing that we're really going to be focusing on. I love that. I love that you're creating that entire culture and experience around it rather than it just being here's some content and, you know, here's some, some weekly calls and things. So yeah, yeah I love that you're, you're making it that experience. Yeah. We want to be around for the next 10 years, Kelly. That's like, that's always in my mind is like, what does this look like in 10 years time? And if we want to have a real business and want people to enjoy that experience, then it's going to have to go beyond just a, a few courses and, you know, in a forum. It has to be something that they believe in and they want to be part of. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And so if somebody wants to find out more about you and the Content Marketing Academy, where's the best place for them to do that? Yeah, if anyone's got any questions or something they want to talk to me about, something we've covered today, then the best place to find me is on Twitter at ChrisMar101. And just look up the Content Marketing Academy online. You'll find our, our website there as well. And there's loads of information on there too about us. But yeah, um, Twitter is probably the best place to, to, get, to get me. Awesome. And I'll be sure to put the website links in the show notes as well. So with that said, thank you very much for joining me today, Chris. It's been wonderful to chat with you and to hear more about the content marketing you had me. I'm really looking forward to kind of circling back with you next year and seeing how that pricing experiment's going and as well as seeing the new things that you're doing with that culture and experience. Because I think, yeah, you're already doing great things in that arena. Yeah. Thanks, Kelly. It's been great uh, being on your podcast. Thanks for having me. That's it for this episode, folks. Thank you once again to Chris for joining me and thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the show and I'd love to hear your takeaways. Let me know over in the free Facebook group, talkmemberships.com or on Twitter at Membership Guys. I particularly like Chris's focus on both creating a whole culture for his membership and constantly working to ensure a top-notch customer experience, as well as his willingness to test and experiment with his marketing for the membership. If you'd like to connect with Chris, then tweet him at chrismar101 or visit the contentmarketingacademy.co.uk. And of course, you can find those links along with the show notes and transcript over at themembershipguys.com slash btm26. That's it for this week, but tune in next week for another episode. If you've enjoyed today's episode of Behind the Membership, we invite you to check out the membersiteacademy.com. The Member Site Academy is the essential resource 
for anyone at any stage of starting, growing, and running a membership website. So whether you're still figuring out what your idea is going to be, or whether your website is already up and running, and you're just looking for ways to grow it and attract new members, then the Member Site Academy can help you to get to the next level. With our extensive course library, monthly training, exclusive member-only discounts, perks, and tools, and a supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback, encouragement, and advice, the Member Site Academy is the perfect place to be for anyone looking to start, manage, and grow a successful membership website. So check it out at membersiteacademy.com.